We are the table, and we are so glad you are taking time from your busy schedule to listen to this message. It is our hope that during the course of this message, you are inspired to move forward in life and faith. We welcome you, and thank you again for joining us. Prepare to get into the Word of God this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for being here with us already, for meeting us right where I stand. Father in heaven, you are awesome. You are amazing. And we just want to say thank you and glory be to you. As I stand before your people, Lord God, I pray that you give me the words to speak, that you put a special anointing on them, Lord, that you have your way in this time of service, that you have your way in this time of fellowship and learning, Lord God, that you speak directly to the depths of our souls today, Lord God, that you allow us to hear as we have not heard, that you allow our faith to be strengthened, that you allow our comforts to be challenged for your glory. You are an awesome God. This is an awesome church. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty and miraculous name we pray. Amen. Amen. And if you're expecting to get something out of today, I dare you to just say hallelujah two times. See, only some people were listening. Some people said hallelujah two times because that was the instruction. Praise God. It's so good to see you. God bless you. Good morning. Good morning. Can I just tell you, I woke up this morning. My throat was all bleh. My voice was sounding itchy and weird. So just bear with me today. Is that all right? Send some love, send some prayers this way. Um, I've never, ever been able to not be excited about being in the Word of God, so I think my energy level will be just fine. But if I do, if I seem like I'm dragging a little bit or if I take a sip of water, just relax. I'll get right back to it. All right? Amen? Amen. We are going to continue in our series, entitled, who remembers our series title? Worthy. Worthy. What's so funny? Yeah, I was, I was testing y'all to see if you was paying attention. It wasn't me. I clearly know what I'm talking about today. Worthy. So today, I just want to hop right in. How many of you were here for Nerf and Nachos? How many of you saw videos or pictures of Nerf and Nachos? How many of you have no idea what Nerf is but enjoy nachos? Well, let me just tell you, it was a blast. Thank you so much for all of the volunteers who came out. Yeah, give yourselves a hand. If you brought a kid, great. If you were here just to figure out what in the world are they even doing, I thank you for that too. It was an awesome time. We had several people come from the community to just come out and just have some fun. It was a blast, and it's a way to connect with, with people. So if you were here, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you were not here, sign up next time to participate and to volunteer. That is, that is a major thing, and I just wanted to take a second to say thank you for that. It gives us an opportunity. We like to reach out to the community in, in interesting ways, fun ways, make connections with people, 
you never know what your point of contact with somebody is going to be. Surprisingly enough, it could be getting shot in the leg with a Nerf weapon. That might just be the thing that says, huh, I'll come hear about Jesus on Sunday. <laughs> so just bless the Lord because you never know what will happen um, when we're just doing things with the heart, looking to reach and connect with people. So today I want to I dig into to this idea, continue to dig into this idea of worthiness. But before I do that, I need to get you into the right frame of mind. How many of you have a favorite movie? How many of you in that movie, or maybe it's not your favorite movie, but like there's an actor or actress or a role that, somebody's ha that somebody has and they play it so well that like you can't disassociate them from the role. Who are some of those people that come to mind? Just blur them out. Napoleon Dunn. Napoleon, he has a twin brother, by the way. Did you know that? Gotcha. You might want to look that up. It's kind of mind-blowing. It's two Napoleon Dynamites. Anyway, sorry. Anybody else? Robin Williams, Al Pacino. There's just certain roles that are, like, perfect for certain people. You're like, nobody else could have done that role justice. Nobody else could have been worthy of that role. It was like specifically written for them. For me, mine is Christopher Reeves. Always be Superman. I know what some of you are thinking. At some point, he was paralyzed. Still Superman. Now, I don't care how many different Supermans they make. I don't care how many Justice Leagues there are. There is literally one Superman. And I must admit, in my adult years, I do have a hard time reconciling a man wearing his underpants over his pants, weird. <laughs> but aside from that, though, Christopher Reeves will always be Superman for me. Nobody else is worthy of that role. So now that I got you in the mindset of what it means to be perfect for a role, let's get into our text. And I'm going to tell you ahead of time, Oh, this is going to be a text that many who stood in this place have gotten terribly wrong. Just wait. There are many who have read this text and been told this text completely out of context. So I believe that a key thing in, in developing and strengthening our faith is to read the Word of God to understand the Word of God. I've challenged you every single week. Read it for who? Yourself. So let's get into the Scripture today. It's going to come from 1 Peter, chapter 3, starting at verse number 1. I heard somebody groan. All right, Nate, deep breath. <clears throat> La, 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 la. <clears throat> okay. First Peter chapter 3. In the same way, you wives must accept the authority of your husbands. Why y'all laughing? <laughs> then even some refuse to obey the good news 
your godly lives will speak to them without any words. They will be won over by observing your pure and reverent lives. Don't be concerned about the outward beauty of fancy hairstyles and expensive jewelry or beautiful clothes. You should clothe yourselves instead with beauty that comes from within, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. This is how the holy woman of old made themselves beautiful. They put their trust in God and accepted the authority of their husbands. For instance, Sarah obeyed her husband Abraham and called him her master. You are her daughters when you do what is right without fear what your husbands might do. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you, than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. Finally, all of you should be of one mind, sympathize with each other, love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tenderhearted and keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you his blessing. For the scriptures say, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. And his ears are open to their prayers. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. This is the scripture. This is the word of God. And it is already blessed. Now, I, I had a friendly wager going on with myself. That after I read through that. Some of y'all got stuck in certain parts and never heard the rest of what I was saying. Some of you got stuck. It's like, wait, what he mean by that? Some of you have even had this text chopped up and fed to you in pieces and maybe had a little enlightenment of like, oh, I heard that part, but I never heard that part. Can I just tell you that the Word of God in its totality is important. Every piece of it is important. There will be some that will try to mix and match and cut up and slice and dice, and they will try to manipulate the text to prove a point. And so today we're going to take this text because it is critically important that we as a body of believers understand what it means to have a worthy role. 
Just like I gave you the example of Superman there, we have to understand that we qualify and there are things that the Word of God says so that we understand exactly what role we play in the story. And anytime you're reading the Word of God or someone is sharing the Word of God, you have to ask yourself, is the context completely and fully understood? So we're going to get into the text. Instead of me trying to preach it, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to let the text speak for itself. Because that is something else that we have to get in the habit of doing. Don't just accept the Word of God because somebody tells you it's the Word of God. And then, and then you decide how comfortable you are with it. No, we have to take the text, read the text, understand the text, and put it into context. So first and foremost, that's what we're going to do today. Amen? So you've got to understand, the last couple of weeks I've been reminding you at every turn of the pages of the Bible, I've been setting you up to understand before you get into this, what's happening in the time What's the expectation of these roles of people and the, their gender roles? And we talked about mothers and fathers and husbands and wives and children because you have to understand what the expectation of the times were. Today is no different. And we have to understand that in this time, when a man became a Christian, he would bring like his whole family with him into the church. When a man led morally in such a way he would bring everyone, the wife, the kids, the in-laws, everybody would follow him when he was leading from a moral place. Many of the challenges we have in the world today is because men are not being men of God. And they're trying to figure out how to be other kinds of men. They want to be the man, not a man. And when you do that, you throw everything off. So what Peter is saying in this text, we have to understand the context of why this conversation of what women are supposed to do, what wives are supposed to do, what husbands are supposed to do. We have to have this conversation because in this time, there are an expectation of the way that men lead and what is supposed to happen. Not to mention that it was Roman law that where the man went, the woman followed. So there are some things that are happening here. I can remember one of, the, one of my proudest moments as a pastor was when my mother-in-law and my family left the church we were at to come and serve with us. I never ever expected that because when my wife and I got married, I joined the church they were, that they were in. So when God is calling me and he sends me on a separate assignment to go somewhere else, it was like a no-brainer my mother-in-law said, okay, so where are we going? And it kind of threw me off guard because I didn't want her to think that it was pressure to do so. But it was something in her and it was something in me that, that made me feel like, huh, I must, she must believe in what God is doing in my life. That she's willing to say, look, I have a home, but I got to go with my family. I remember it, it, it was amazing. But that's what this text is talking about. In those days, the man of God led, the family went along with. We see in, in the book of Acts, the 16th chapter, Paul and Silas, you might have heard this story before, they're in prison, they're in jail. 
they began to pray. The Lord is moving. The text says that things start shaking. An earthquake happens. All the prison gates open up. The, the prison guards are freaking out. They think, oh, man, the, the people who were in jail are going to run the whole thing. When he came to, he saw that everybody was still in their cage. Nobody left. Nobody ran in. And they asked, he's trying to figure this out. If you was in prison and the gate just opened up, I'm pretty sure most of us would have been like, thank you, God. But that's not what happened. And when he started to ask Paul and Silas, basically, what are they doing? Why are they not moving? He just explained, look, we're just being obedient. We're just being faithful. We are praying. We, the Lord didn't say open the gates and run. So we're just here praying and praising, and, we, and he's doing what he's doing. And it says the, the, the prison guard, the reason I bring this up is because the prison guard, in this experience of the power of God and the faithfulness of Paul and Silas, it says not only did he give his life to Christ, but it goes on to say he and his family would be saved. So I'm trying to give you this understanding of like what's happening here in this text of the power of God. The expectation was as the man followed and obeyed and led from a place of his faith that the family would go forth and follow suit. This is critically important because what that also means is that for a woman to demand her spiritual freedom to be free in Christ, it could be a danger to her marriage if she was the spiritual leader in the family. Because remember, Roman law says where the man goes, the woman follows. So then what happens when the man is going in a direction, but this woman has a faith and a belief in God? So now you got these two things. Law says I'll follow, but he's going somewhere that my God ain't sending what happens? What happens? This is the time. It, it, what happens when the husband disapproved of the wife's faith because he was not in the same God-following place as his wife? So in the text, Peter is reassuring the Christian woman who were married to unbelievers or those not following God that preaching to them nagging to them, comparing them to other people whose husbands do believe or trying to motivate them was not the way to reach them. In other words, he was saying instead they should show their husbands the kind of self-giving love that Christ showed the church. So when you're reading this text about submission and what the woman is supposed to do and the way that she's supposed to act, you know, be, be silent. Seen and not heard. You have to understand the context because Peter is talking about a time where you go ruffling the feathers. The law says this man can do what he wants, and you have to understand that God can be moving in a situation that does not require your prodding. And because of the time, this is how you act and this is how you respond. The best approach is to show godly behavior. That's what Peter is saying. At the very least, the husband will let them continue in practicing their faith. And in the best case, the husband would join them and become Christians too. See, you have to understand that the way that you move, the way that you act, the way that you respond, the way that you 
progress. If you do it in a godly manner, God can work in a space that has the very impact that you think you got to be vocal about. This is not to silence women. He's trying to give them understanding of like your faith is not in vain. You just have to do it in a way because man, because of society, man, listen, because of the way society is set up, it's giving people reason to behave in a, in a certain way. So you've got to understand that the worst thing that could happen if you stick to your faith and be consistent in your faith journey, the worst thing that could possibly happen is they shut up and leave you alone and let you get closer to God where we established last week. Where God is, God, things have to happen. So the worst thing is they're going to leave you alone and God going to be changing their whole circumstance and they don't even realize it. Or the best thing is they actually say, wait a second. They start feeling convicted. They start realizing that they need to do and they come along for the ride. This is what Peter is trying to give them trying to help them understand. Can I say it to you like this? The woman's godly behavior would have far more impact than her lips, her hips, her beauty, and her smile. The godly behavior will have a greater impact than whatever we got to conjure up to disturb the soil. Don't get mad at me. I'm just telling you what he was saying. Don't look at me crazy. Well, I, well you ain't going to shut me up. I'm not trying to shut you up. I'm trying to give you some perspective. Because the reality of it is, is many of, many of us are going through hell, literally. Because we're sharing lives with, have shared life with, in this, in this like tug of war between what is God saying, and I'm trying to chase God and follow God, but this fool over here. So, so we see this word, submissive. Man, y'all should have seen y'all face when I read that part. Oh, boy. But to be submissive, to another authority means to cooperate voluntarily out of love and respect for God and for that person. And ideally, submission is mutual. The first thing we need to understand about what it means to submit, I don't know where we got this idea that that means tuck your tail between your legs, go hide under a table, and deal with any and everything that comes your way. No, godly submission, what we're talking about here, because the authority has all to do with context. This is a mutual thing. I respect God and I respect this man that the word is talking about because he's following God and so I'm, he's not putting me in my place. There's no place for me to be put in outside of the fact that I am reverencing God and this man is following God so I can follow him as he follows God. We see the word submission used in other places, like in Ephesians chapter 5 
and 21. And most of you in your Bible, some of you will have headers over different sections in your Bible. Well, in this section specifically, it says spirit-guided relationships. And Ephesians 5 and and 21 says, and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. This, I'm just trying to get you to understand, this is a mutual thing. As he submits to Christ, then you submit to what's happening that Christ is doing in your life. And it gets real weird because sometimes even, even if like the submission is one-sided, the spirit of submission can be a very effective Christian witness. Sometimes not putting up a fight could very much be the thing that shows Christian character in a way that opens you up to be seen much different because your flesh is going to tell you to do one thing. Your mind is going to tell you to do something else. And if we're honest, our our heart probably going to conflict with all of that. And don't mention our ego. Our ego really going to shake some things up. But there's something to this, this, this understanding of this, this, kind of mutual, this kind of mutual submission. And it feels weird to think that this submission could be one-sided. But can I, can I give you this? Jesus submitted to death so that we can have life. Some things just ain't one plus one equal two. Some things just kind of don't make a lot of sense. I've been in ministry for a long time, and it kind of blows my mind to see how God can add by subtraction. How he can take something away, but then something is, it doesn't make any sense. I'm looking at the checkbook. I know what the checkbook is. I know what the balance is. But then God steps in, intervenes in some kind of way, it's turned around. So some stuff just ain't going to add up the way that you want it to add up. Sometimes we have to submit to unpleasant circumstances so that others can see Christ in us. Peter says this is the perspective of a, that the godly woman ought to have. But Christian submission never requires us to disobey God. It never requires us to remain in an unsafe situation. It never, it never, it never at all asks us to participate in something that our conscience forbids, that our, we can't even wrap our minds around. And I think it's interesting because society says, society wants to say, if you are a woman, you just, they want to know, you know, are you, are you with me no matter what? <coughs> Excuse me. Are you with me no matter what? Can I depend on you? Can you ride with me? I love that one. I get on my siblings, my sisters, my cousins, anybody who listen. If I hear you say you're a ride or die chick one more time, Because that is the most stupid thing I've ever heard. You're going to put yourself in harm's way. 
doing something you could never wrap your brain around because this bozo you think is cute? That is the crazy, but he need to know I'm down for him. What you're going to be down is under the prison. You're going to have a sentence and you're going to have a record messing around with this fool. I'm sorry. Maybe it's somebody in this room that had been that in love, that did that kind of stuff, made those kind of decisions. I'm not judging you. I'm just trying to get you perspective of that ain't what God said. God ain't say do that stuff. So why you wearing a why you why you why you wearing a gold medal and a gold star? Because you've been here through thick and thin. I'm just asking the questions around here today. That is not what God said do. That was not God's intention. That was not God's motivation. Christian submission never requires you to disobey God to remain in unsafe situations or to participate in something that your conscience forbids. Peter urges the Christian wives to evangelize their husbands by their actions. Women of God, women of God, show your faith through your actions and reactions in your marriage and relationships. This is what Peter is saying. And he's saying it from the context of what the man is supposed to do. So woman of God, and as many of you in here, woman of God, maybe today you're single and you're looking for a partner. As soon as that bozo give you a red flag, I'm sorry, bozo, my word of the day. I could think of some other, I, I could think of some other phrases, but I'm not, I'm not going to use them or y'all might put me out of this church. But you got to understand that that's what it is. They bozos, they want you to do, and here you are because you're lonely and you want a partner, you want to be with somebody, or worse, somebody wants you to be with somebody so bad, they praying for you to get your, I'm going to tell you right now, whoever it is, you better tell them, look, look, if you're praying for a bozo, stop. I'll wait. <laughs> I'll take my time, because if you're not, I'm, I'm just trying to tell, look, I'm trying to, y'all right here in this front row, young ladies, y'all right here, you listening? Are you listening? If he a bozo, let him go. You understand? I'm working this thing out today, I'm telling you. You need to understand. So on that note, I think we good for today. We just stop right here. In the same way, husbands, men, hello, there's some things you ought to do and what you're supposed to do. There's some accountability in here too. Peter ain't just talking to her. Peter is trying to get us to understand, look, there's some things that you, you're supposed to do, Mr. Man. If you don't want to be a bozo, because some of us have been bozos too. Oh, I'm glad you said that. Everybody hear what Keith said? What do you say? Y'all hear it? Happy wife, happy life. The Holy Spirit gave you that and you don't even know because I'm going to tear that up in a minute. Start at verse 7, you start to hear in the same way. Husbands must dot, 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 dot. Give honor. What does that mean? To protect, respect, help, stay with her. He won't rely 
or her working full time out of the home and full time in the home, carrying all the weight, doing all the everything all the time. He will lighten her load whenever and however he can. He will relate to her with courtesy and consideration and insight and tact. There's something that the man of God ought to do with his, with his spouse and his family. Find a way to relieve some pressure. You don't even know how much it warmed, warms my heart. I got to pick on him for a second. I didn't tell him I was going to say nothing about him, but I have to say it. I've gotten to know Ron Marklin very well over the last year and a half. Before that, I kind of knew him in passing, but I've gotten to know him very well. And I'm telling you, the way I've seen him work, I mean, this brother working. You hear me? He is working, and I will tell you right now, he would much rather, he would much rather be in the office working on some numbers, auditing people's taxes, minding his business, that kind of way. But since Jeannie had this broke leg and she messed around and walked in here today, praise the Lord. She break her leg. I done seen this brother at the grocery store. Stressed at the grocery store. <laughs> I done seen he got Amy driving. She driving. He looking like, oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. <laughs> he got Sam. He got Caleb. He dropping people off. They working. They did. He doing slides. He up here making uh, uh, announcements for giving moments. I'm talking about this brother is working. You hear me? But what, 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 listen to me, listen to me. I'm, I'm not saying this to be funny. I'm so serious. There was never a doubt in his mind. My wife goes down, I get up. My wife is doing something different. I got to step up in different ways. And here's the thing, y'all. We don't always know if that's the most helpful. And if we honest with ourselves, we probably stepping up and doing it all wrong. But don't miss the fact that he's trying to help. Don't miss the fact that he's doing something. Because when a man is going to sit back and let you do everything, all the time, they can't pick a kid up. They can't, pick a, they can't drop a kid off. They can't take the kid to eat. They can't change a diaper. They won't lift a finger. Won't do nothing. Bozo. Man, I'm trying to help you. I'm going I'm, to I'm get through it. I know, I know, I know, I know. I got five. I'm, I got, oh, Lord, have mercy. See, the word says, when talking to me, entreat her as you should so that your prayers are not hindered. Can I, can I challenge you with something? If you are a man or there's a man in your life and he can't, he can't reach his dreams, if he ain't getting no aspiration, he can't follow no, there's nothing going on. Could it be that he's not treating you? Could it be that ain't nothing happening in his life because he's not holding up his end of the bargain? Could it be? I'm going to just let that one sit there. See, a living and loving and moving forward relationship with God depends on a right relationship with others. You can't treat others bad and expect God to do something. 
and, and, and we can't be so blind. Now, check this out. You can't be so blind that God is doing something and he is moving. Now, you sitting there with a spouse and you see God blessing and 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 blessing. And you got a problem. He must be doing something right. He must be on assignment. He must be faithful because God wouldn't keep blessing if he wasn't. So if there's something wrong, we got to check ourselves. This is why Peter is addressing this. There is something that we have to understand about being worthy for a role. Because somewhere along the lines, the world will say, well, you're just a wife. You're just a stay-at-home mom. What are you talking about? These are not roles that are diminished. These are not things that are insignificant. This is something God ordained that there's things we are supposed to do and be for one another. And when the world tries to act like the thing you are most worthy of is insignificant, the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. Fellas, I got good news and I got bad news. Don't put it up yet. Don't put it up yet. Because I got to give you this disclaimer. Every time I'm at home and I tell my wife, I got good news and I got bad news. She says, my good news ain't never that good. <laughs> and my bad news ain't even that bad. So in my mind, this is some real good news and it's some bad news. But if it land flat, so... I'm the one with the microphone, so now. Nah, I kid, I kid. Fellas, the good news is, the word of God says, I don't say, that when you honor her, he, God, will honor you. That's what the word of God says. That if you do what you're supposed to do for her, and you do it the way he designed it to, your prayers will not be hindered. In other words, if you do what you're supposed to do, and Lord knows you're going to need his help to do it. Hello? Your prayers will not be hindered. But here is the bad news, ladies. And Keith, <laughs> this is not the same thing as happy wife, happy life. That's a lie. No, 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 no. no. We got we to blow these myths out the water. And I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to be funny. It's going to sound funny, but I'm not trying to be funny. As you live your life, things change. And the very thing that made you happy five years ago will work your last nerve today. The very same thing that you thought was cute and attractive when you first got with the person, if they do it today, you wish it was a bag over their head. So if all you're doing is chasing what she happy about today, tomorrow you might be in some trouble. Because it's not about that. And I know that's how we are. And so all we do in our relationships is try to make each other happy. Mm. That is not biblical. That ain't it. So you got to understand you got to understand these things. You got to understand that when the Bible talks about being weaker, that does not mean she's intellectually inferior or she's morally deficient. Context is everything. 
This is just an acknowledgement of physical limitation or vulnerability compared to a man. If a man chose in that time, if a man chose to impose his will, attack, abuse, or control the family finances, you're acknowledging, wait a minute, she is the weaker vessel. You are coming to grips with the fact that she physically is at a disadvantage. So you got to protect her, and these are the ways you protect her. Man of God, you should have said amen. Because as a man of God, there are things that you are trying to do, and you ought to know why you're doing it, because you are worthy of the role that the godly man has been ordained to be in. You are worthy of your role. And there's nothing bad about your role. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. We got to learn to accept our role. We got to understand that it's hard work. You need to understand that you're going to need God in ways that you never thought. But I do got some good news, some real good news. If you go to verse 10 and 12, it says, if you want to enjoy life, you better watch your mouth. You tell the truth. You turn away from evil. You search for peace. And you work to maintain peace. See, the text starts, women, wives, goes on to husbands, and as we get to the last couple of verses, this is as a believer, there's some things that are expected of you. So maybe you're not a husband today, maybe you're not a wife today. If you call yourself a believer, there's some things that you ought to do. And Peter says it this way, and I wouldn't be me if I didn't give you something to hold on to as we close. Peter says, if you want to get to see many happy days, if you want to get to see many happy days, then in the words of Arthur Fazarelli, hey, you want to see some happy days? This is how. You pursue peace. You put yourself to be defined by the word of God. You realize that there is a role specifically for you that's made specifically for you, not just as a man, but for you, your name. Say your name, brothers. If you ain't here, you need to understand that God has a role specifically for you. Ladies, God has a role specifically for you. It is yours. It is not supposed to fit somebody else's narrative. It is not supposed to let you off the hook to do this or that. How, what all the details of what's prioritized in your relationship is between you, your husband, and first and foremost, God. And if he is following God, then you got to ask yourself. You got to get in a place to follow him. But if he ain't, God is warning you today. I don't care how many times you've heard this out of context. There's an expectation that Peter is talking about. It's an expectation of how we're supposed to navigate this thing. And it is no coincidence that the world is up against challenging, making it sound like, well, it's not that important. Just be something, be who you want to be. Okay, okay. 
Chase that dream. I'm not telling you it can't work. I'm just telling you that what the Word of God says is trying to put into context. You're going to have some problems, especially if you and that man, that you and that partner are not evenly yoked in your faith. And the reality of it is, is there is so much out in the world trying to get us off of our faith track. Some of us are here right now, married and been married, but if you ain't careful, it's enough talking heads that will have you jumping through rabbit hole. You won't come home one day, put your foot down about something that's going to get you put out. All because you're trying to play it by another set of rules that ain't got nothing to do with God. You to enter something into your life, into your house, into your marriage, into your parenting that God ain't said nothing about. And then we'll look and say, how did we get here? The way you stay away is you got to understand the role. And I want to challenge you today. You may want a different role, but you're reading for a part that is not yours. Sometimes when there's a play at the, at the, at the school or something like that, you say, oh, I want to be this person. I'm going to audition for this role. And then you come into the role and they tell you, well, you didn't get that, but you got this. And many of us get disappointed. Man, that's not what, but you're perfect for that role. Each of us in here are worthy of the role that God calls us to. Man, woman, boy, or girl, God has a calling and a purpose for you. And anybody who tries to tell you otherwise, they're a lie. And the truth is not in them. So as you prepare to take communion today, we have communion stations to the left and right. I want to encourage you to stand now. The Bible records there are many who take communion we're back to that word, unworthily. That doesn't mean that you're not worthy. That means that we go about it in ways and we think we're literally taking communion. You may go, you may go get and grab it at this time. Or if you want to hold on, you can hold on too. But there are many around us who go and we get communion. We take communion. And we don't even believe we're doing it and don't even believe that we've been set free. We're doing it and don't really even believe that we are worthy of the very thing we are taking. Because when you realize that you are worthy, when you realize that you are special to God, when you realize that he gave his life specifically for you and not just some random population of people, that he, he did it for you. The person you see in the mirror, he did it for you. That's it. When you get that, when that connects, it changes everything. So if you will, just pray to yourself and just thank God for the things that he's done. And if you are here under the sound of my voice and you are thinking, I never really thought of it like that. I never really considered that he died just for me. This is your moment. To just wrap your brain around that. You are worthy. So worthy that he gave himself. 
so worthy that he has something specifically for you. Can I put it to you like this? You, you could be Superman. There's a role specifically for you, just for you. And nobody else can't play it. Nobody else can't play it. It's all yours. So as you take this bread, you remember that it represents the body that was broken for you. And the Word of God tells us that when we take and eat, we do so in remembrance of Him. And the same thing with this juice. At the Last Supper, He reminds to take this sacrament, this juice that represents the blood which He shed for each of you, for each of us, for each of you, for each of you. Take and drink and do this in remembrance of me. This is the word of the Lord. May you not forget you are worthy and he is worthy of all of our praise. Can you put your hands together for our most high God? Thank you for taking the time to listen to this week's message. We pray it moves you forward in your relationship with Jesus. If you are looking for a church home or in the area and want to visit, we are located at 1451 Black Road in Joliet, Illinois. You can also find and follow us by searching the Table Joliet online. We'd love to meet you and walk your faith journey with you. Thank you again, and we look forward to seeing you soon.